This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Uh. Meh. Textual healing. I actually will say we keep getting this comment, this like complaint from our listeners to explain basically what we look like, what we're, how we're dressed, how we're acting. Oh, God. And so I just figured I'd kind of paint the scene for everyone again. Um, <sighs> it's going to be <laughs> offensive. It's going to be offensive. Yeah, I'm sure we get this comment that Brent's always looking <laughs> yeah. at in the comments yeah. that he doesn't read. So uh, He's you too know, afraid to read. Per usual, I'm uh, I'm in my you know sort of dark gray jeans and a sweatshirt. <laughs> Elliot has a beautiful shoulder-length French braid ponytail. Uh, he's wearing a yellow raincoat with nothing underneath. Um, actually, I shouldn't say nothing. He has nipple tassels on that appear to be attached via chain to a butt plug. I'm waiting for me. We'll get to you. Yeah. Uh, Elliot's a little out of breath. Uh, he's covered in scratches and dirt and leaves. It seems like he's spent most of the day in the bushes. Uh, Elliot is Jeffrey Dover. Company. In situation. Alan is, of course, wearing a T-shirt that said, I met God. She's vegan, trans, and polyamorous. Um, I actually uh, did used to have a shirt in New York, and it was I made it into a joke that said, this is what a Jewish feminist looks like. <laughs> and I remember, I remember so once funny. I wore it to the oh. Statue of Liberty with my family, and it was oh just, I looked like the weird, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but did. this is what a Jewish feminist looks like. I am. That's true. But same here. we will also get into the meat of our opening textual healing theme, mm-hmm. which is the, um, <laughs> so the Trump administration has sought to discharge two airmen by claiming on the basis that they could not be deployed to the Middle East because they are HIV positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I could tell, I did a little bit of research. It does seem like that has historically been the case. Uh, people who are HIV positive are not usually sent into. It's the case for a lot of factors, but within the military, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this isn't exclusively a Trump administration decision. But both men who, have been, who were diagnosed in 2017 well, are I, on antiretroviral. I do believe it is exclusively Trump because uh, Obama made a point of destigmatizing HIV statuses throughout many areas of his administration, both in terms of immigration. So we had a policy for a long time where people coming to the United States, immigrating to the United States, wouldn't be able to enter the United States if they were HIV positive. Obama changed that. And then also in the military as well, being able to serve. So I actually yeah, well, do I think- couldn't f- I didn't find corroboration about I'm not. That, yeah, so, I can't say 100%. So, yeah. so we but, can't say that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the, these-, these, uh, these uh, airmen are suing to be able to have the chance to uh, be deployed. Deployed. Also, because you said, you, sorry, medical and lost, but you said they are on. They're getting treated. They have no symptoms, and they've been pronounced physically fit to deploy. That's right. Well, and the correct term within the HIV 
positive community would be they are undetectable. Right. Mm, got it. So it's also particularly relevant given that um, there's an unrelated military policy right now colloquially referred to as deploy or get out, which is a policy that states any military soldier who is not deployed in a year could or should be discharged. Uh, so this is obviously problematic for HIV positive service members who are deemed, quote, undeployable. It's honestly as if <clears throat> like everything that's already happened with Trump is such a nightmare. But it is honestly often it feels like, especially with the topics that we cover, it feels like there's somebody somewhere in the White House who's just kind of, you know, uh, um, fumfering through old you know, yeah. old um, policies and just looking up any way they can just like kind of twist the knife a little bit. There and, is. And fuck us He's over. He's called the chief of staff. He's called what, what, Nick or Mick Mulvaney. What's his Nick name? Nick Mulvaney. Nick Mulvaney. Um, and, and you're right. It's and historically Republican and Democrat administrations um, often in order to not get large press, because this is not a story that's going to be on the front of New York right, Times. Of course, um, they will sort of piecemeal strategy within their administration, their government, to discriminate against people. And specifically against trans people in this entire administration. Yes, and doing it in ways that is just so subtle, but yet then when put together, or nominating judges that are vehemently against progressive whatever, um, just to slowly wreak havoc. Turn back time. All right, so to play devil's advocate for a second, there's a million different physical conditions that would keep someone from being deployed. Uh, and I think w- the problem right now with the Trump administration is that they haven't caught up to this, the the scientific reality of being undetectable. So, which is nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, I those I think I, I of course I agree. That is nuts. But I also think there's a lot of people who don't under. I mean, there's a lot of people. I bet a lot of our listeners who don't know what undetectable means, or if we haven't talked about it, we don't talk about it regularly. Oh, so I, yeah, I guess I guess so. I mean, I mean, I looked yeah. up I looked up the list of reasons why you could uh, not be deployed, um, and it's I mean, it's just it's pages and pages long sure 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 um and everything from gout yeah to like high blood pressure are I mean, bone spurs on there <laughs> yeah <laughs> but even not but even not even in terms of deploy or get out the, that policy just alone the idea of being like yeah let's let's dis- let's discharge these two guys no not discharge they're just not deploying yeah right them. okay yeah but it's just the the insidious choice it's it, or to it's, make again, a point like, of it i mean the that's thing what I mean. is it's like making a point of these it. are two guys uh statistically if you look at you know everyone being deployed statistically the number of people who are probably hiv positive is very small very very small probably these two dudes and you don't need to make an issue of this. This is something that somebody's and, willing and to also, serve. Deployment is, even though there are a million reasons why someone is could not be deployed, those million reasons aren't categorically why someone can't go. Because if they were, no one would be deployed. They are a case by case basis. And if someone had gout ten years ago, mm. that could yes. with one person right. stop them from being deployed, but with another person doing their deployment status could send them. And also, so so this person who's doing the deployment or whoever their boss is is saying no. We need to make sure that of all of the reasons, the millions of reasons why they can't be deployed, this particular reason needs to be a no way they're not going. You know, the 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 whole list of of physical ailments for why you can't be deployed if uh, for many of them if they improve or mm-hmm. if they can be treated then that person is then deployed. Yeah. And and judge there's a judge who ruled he um 
a panel of judges uh, blocked the discharge, and Judge James A. Wynn Jr. wrote a three uh, a three judge of a three judge panel on the court wrote a ban of deployment may have been justified at a time when HIV treatment was less effective at managing the virus and reducing transmission risks. But any understanding of HIV that could justify that this ban this ban is outmoded and at odds with current science. Such obsolete understandings cannot justify a ban, even under a deferential standard of review, and even mm-hmm. according appropriate deference to the military's professional judgments. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, it's, it's at least it's cathartic to hear some semblance of yeah. logic and, yeah. and, and and exasperation in mm-hmm. those words alone. Well, and it also harks back to sort of, you know, the con- the debate really never should have been a debate, but the debate about women in sort of active service mm-hmm. and yeah. the ridiculous arguments about their menstrual cycle cycle would keep them from being able to adequately perform on right. the battlefield or whatever. Right. And it's like, we know that these are ridiculous falsehoods, that if you just understand science, or not even just understand science, you just listen to a doctor say, it's fine. Right. And you get an adequate medical professional who has been educated to know that undetectable levels mean this person on their course of medication, just like a person who's deployed who has, well, I don't know, mental disabilities, that yes. they are, they suffer from depression, but not the debilitating depression that would keep them away from their service. They take a medication that makes them able to be able right. to do what they to need sur- to do. To be, to be a person. It is no different. Oh, it's so, it's so, it creeps me. It really doesn't just bother me. It creeps me well, out. Well, the argument then on I people who I, I'm assuming this isn't just me trying to understand the conversation. If someone thinks that an HIV positive person shouldn't be on the battlefield, the first place when I put my head in their head is that, oh, if they bleed, if they get shot, right. what's going to happen? You're not, it's undetectable, which, again, right. that's the science. The modern reality has made it that exactly. it, you can be undetectable, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of people don't know that, and that is unfortunate, right. and you're right. People need to know that. However, the this, military is, should, this is not a situation where the people should be deciding. This is a medical doctor who's in conference with a deployment officer deciding on this. Yeah. And Doesn't Trump's quote-unquote doctor have like that, like a genuine ponytail that like – Oh, his New York doctor? Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah. Elliot, you have a ponytail. That's true. Yeah. Ringlets all the way down my arms. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Not even joking. We have one loud, real businesswoman, y'all. <laughs> loud. Loud, real businesswoman in the Our room. Our next guest is loud. La- no, this is on their bio. Loud, yeah. real businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Meatball. Hello. Hey, meatball. Am I wrong in saying that that is in your bio on that like, is Instagram on my or something? I thought Alan and was I am just very loud. Yeah, no. I, meatball would have no problem with me calling her loud. No, on our podcast, they get mad at me because I don't scoot off the mic when I'm going to scream. So no. someone has to like level it yes. all the time. Ooh, I'm going to have you always been like a loud person? Yeah. yeah. Always. Just always. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I needed the attention. Well, first off, I have to say you co-host Sloppy Seconds with our past guest here on You're Making It Worse, Big, Big Dipper. Dipper. Mm-hmm. He's been on this show. And you also, we did your old podcast on yes, All three of us so much did fun. that before. It was right when we started doing our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people probably have seen you because they can watch on Netflix now or Prime on Dragula, the first season, our right? Our season isn't on Netflix. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, sorry, you are sore losers. I By know. For not yeah, watching right. early. It's kind of a blessing and a curse. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you've you been able to amass a mass a mass a um a following without being on Drag Race, without Dragula being on Netflix. You've really 
done done the yeah. work oh yeah well i i also like really wanted i like wanted to do that yeah that was like my goal when i went into dragula whether or not i like thought about it or not well it is particularly interesting and i i i've talked about this i maybe with you before where you know sure there are drag queens who of course were around before drag race and they're they're working and they're doing their thing and whatever but they've never been on drag race mm -hmm. and then there are the queens who i think for both of us who kind of have started drag while drag race is on mm -hmm. and it's rare for a queen to have be in our sort of age group to then find success without using drag race and you have yeah. successful and yeah and parlay that into working with drag race girls yeah and you have done that which yes. is admirable. but i also think it was because like dragula season one was as popular as it was mm -hmm. like i i did get a huge spike from that yeah can but... you explain what the difference is between dragula and drag race oh right 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 well uh this one is <laughs> ooky and spooky it's very kooky you in a coffin it's... with maggots and shit is the i can i can yeah. never watch that again i think instead of like uh, a runway challenge there is a runway Way, but the aspect that like people like is that it's got fear factor involved. So yeah. uh... for me to get exterminated, I was like buried underground in a coffin, and then they were dumping in oh, like insects and Sounds animal intense. piss. It was pretty animal intense. piss. Yeah, there was like deer urine, yes. and I was just like, "Ooh, that smells so bad." <laughs> it is funny to watch wow. meatball in the box. Brent is adding though. it to his list right <laughs> yeah, now. Right on my alley. It's good or not. It's good. We Anxiety tried to, to watch Drag that. Race a little bit, but he never really got into. I it. did. I did go through a. I think I've seen every single Fear Factor f people eating weird shit moment from the night from the aughts. That's the mm. one thing that would get me through Amazing Race is that I would be able to eat anything. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. I yeah. oh really? I can, that's my strength. You I can't eat, like, run for miles. Bug. I can't jump on shit. I can't jump for shit. But <laughs> I can eat anything. But you could eat a live bug. Yes, of course. Really? And I would. What Even do you mean? Right, of course. Right now, if you want me to eat a live bug <laughs> for a joke, I would do it. It's I'll just give a bug. You, I'll give you. A dime to eat a live bug right now. <laughs> Bring a bug. I mean, you eat, would you eat a live bug? Ah, uh, I need a dead bug. What's the grossest <laughs> yeah. thing you did on Dragula? The, uh, I did actually didn't do any other challenges, so oh, I didn't have to uh, do anything. Because yeah. um, you were successful. Because I was doing okay, uh, mm. and I was a real cunt. But I, <laughs> I think I guess the worst thing was that the bugs were like on me. That's like yeah. How did you come up with the name Meatball? I I used to live in New York, mm -hmm. and I was like 18 when I moved there, so I had a fake mm. idea, and I'd go out drinking all the time yeah and I lived the boiler across... room oh bitch yes I lived in the East yes, Village the so same. I, always... I lived on East 4th and C I was on 6th and B ah! okay so I would always go to the Nina's Pizza that is now yes. Starbucks uh -huh. and I would always get a meatball sub like it was almost every night like yeah. it was becoming yeah. a problem and they started calling me the meatball guy <laughs> and then eventually wow. like I got into drag and like they were like you have to come up with a name and I couldn't think of like a Rebecca or like a Jessica yeah. I just like didn't look at my fat hairy self like that and I was like meatball it makes sense yeah. and of course yeah. it like it really does Rebecca, or Rebecca meatball or Rebecca meatball <laughs> yeah and you were doing before drag correct me if I'm wrong, you were doing stand-up. I was doing stand-up in New York, and I was also doing, I was like trying to act, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. why I first came to LA, but I did a lot of uh, voiceover in New okay. York, like oh, radio wow. commercials. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, and then I did... That's a dream job for Brent. Oh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't exactly say that, I but I would you take talking it. about that, about you wanted to do voiceover I, stuff. I, I have, have, have had the thought that I should, I should do it because I do have 
a silky yes, voice. You do. You yeah. have a great yeah. voice. Yeah. Thank you. The kind of the voice of a killer. <laughs> <laughs> so how did how, how what was that like? Uh, it was fine. I got into it because I was uh, in college, and one of our teachers actually was like a commercial agent. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, you can do all these fun voices. Like, why don't you just come and intern for me?" And then. It was just like that thing where they were like, "Oh, someone's not here. Why don't you just step in and do it?" Yeah. Where did yeah. you go? Where did you go to school? I went to NYU Tisch. Oh, I went to oh. NYU but Gallatin. I, oh, <laughs> build your own path. Elliot was originally an opera singer major. I went to Steinhardt originally. I know. I've, yeah. I've yeah. seen the videos of you singing. It's oh. so good. Singing, Thank you. Sings. <laughs> so wait, you were at you were at Tisch, mm-hmm. and then I dropped out. Uh, because I don't know. I don't do well with like people telling me what to do. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. And in that situation, they were always like, you have to learn these things. And I was like, but what is that going to get me? Like, yeah. where am I going to get knowing how to run a camera? Wait, can I ask you a question? Because you were just saying before we started recording that you're from small town Texas. Yeah. I've well, always kind of. Yeah. I've always had such because I moved to New York from Michigan, but I moved from a city with Dozens of friends, yeah. basically, and I've always been Excuse so me. blown away. Uh, <laughs> I had like four friends. I, I've always been so blown away by people who could come from a small town, any small town, and move to a big city without knowing anyone. I, for college, I guess it's a little different. Yeah. What was it? Was that extraordinarily stressful or intimidating? Uh, it was a little intimidating only, but I moved in with somebody that I had previously gone to high school with, like oh, a wow. year before, because. Um, I actually left high school in Texas because I hated it. And so when I was 16, I went to a boarding arts high school in Michigan called oh. Interlochen Arts oh, Academy. Oh, from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I... Oh, yeah. oh, awesome. You're having so many moments of connection with I know, yeah. like, We're all friends, yeah. you guys. <laughs> Take it all in. No, uh, and so I was there. And so from there, that's where I went straight from there to New York. Got mm. it. Okay. And how did you go from stand-up to track? Oh, uh, well, I had a terrible breakup yeah. <laughs> uh, with someone that I was like, we're definitely going to get married. And it was like a year and a half into the relationship. Was this in New say, York or L.A.? This was in New York. Okay. And then I moved to L.A. after the breakup because I was like, I'm just going to get out of the city. I just yeah. can't be here anymore. And then I moved to L.A., started working, and I didn't really like working in L.A. Like, I was like, why did I do this? And yeah. I was like in a very lost place yeah. and uh one of my friends from school was like come with me to this drag show and we went and saw raven and morgan mcmichael oh, wait, oh uh showgirls yes it's showgirls yeah. in weho and at that at that point i had like stopped doing stand-up because i like could not tell a joke i was so sad yeah <laughs> i like needed to be in therapy it's usually when yeah. most comedians tell jokes yeah right? it yeah. didn't work that way i think yeah. my energy needs to be like yeah. high for yeah. me to like function and i was in such a dark place because of Something that, like, now I think about it is so dumb. But was um, a standard breakup, or was yeah. it actually genuinely bad? Oh, he like cheated on me, but sure. like didn't tell me about it. But why would you tell someone that you're cheating on him? Yeah. But then I had to like find out the hard way. Right. And then, um, then I was like, oh, I'm a sad lady. And then I saw these drag queens, and I was like, oh, they get to be funny, and they don't have to use their words or their thoughts. Like, they can just put on a song and, like, come up with a bit. And I was like, that's an easy thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. It will maybe make me happy. And then I just started, like, I just showed up at a club one night and... Yeah, full drag in the middle of like Eagle Rock, and wow. I was like, "Who wants to let me on a stage?" Did you did you have, have a drag mother? No, my friend Joe. Um, just, <laughs> drag mother's your friend Joe. Yes, just my friend Joe, <laughs> and he was like a visual artist, so I was like, "You you know how to draw lines, right?" And yeah, I yeah. Like, forced him to learn how to do makeup so that he would do it 
So you didn't, oh, you wow. didn't know what, what like the bait. I don't even I don't I don't know the basics. I didn't like, even know anything about drag. Like I went and saw the show. And how long ago was this? This was four years ago. Oh wow, so not long. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't know anything about it, and I was like, "You you seem to love these people." And then he <laughs> these people. Oh my god, so bad. <laughs> oh my god. And then we watched a bunch of Drag Race and like put me in makeup and. Yeah. That was that's how it started. And did you find your look very quickly? Oh no, okay. I was real ugly. I was, but like, no fault of our own. Like neither yeah. one of us knew how to use makeup or what we were doing, yeah. and I was fucking ugly. I was real ugly. It was bad. Why? And what was so bad? I just, you know, there's like, it takes a long time to figure out what your face shape mm-hmm. is, mm, and sure. all these videos online that people are teaching people how to use makeup, it's like. Their skinny white people faces, uh-huh. yeah. and I wasn't taking into account that like I don't have that bone structure. Yeah. I don't look yeah. like that. So like when they say contour from the bottom of your ear, I'm like, oh my ears, <laughs> yeah, aren't the same as your ears. Yeah. And like it took me two years to figure it's that so out. So mind blowing. Like I have a massive head, yeah, literally, I got a like big old fat, big head. fucking head, and figuring out. How to do your liner, or just if you even can do liner, based on the amount of skin that you have in your mm-hmm. face. I mean, it's mm. mind-boggling. And, it's like, and it's some like a math eyelids it are is. bigger and smaller, and yeah. it's just like it's kind of math on your. But you own have, yeah. and you have a signature look now. Yes, I do. That yeah. you could like great signature look. I can do in like forty-five minutes now. I'm very yeah. excited. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. When Alan started doing drag, I was blown away by the by like like Brent said, sort of the math of it. When you would explain to me like. And you and Michael would explain like how makeup works and like that there are these like rules <laughs> yeah. and, and regulations. Michael, I was like, the reason what? why I've never looked really, really ugly. No, you haven't. Yeah. yeah. I, no, yeah. I, uh, you came out of the gate looking good and I was like, that's because yeah. I'm old fucking as fuck. Bitch. I am old as fuck and I gotta come out the gate looking good. <laughs> I, I don't have time to wait. I, I made a video a few years back and something happened, but our good friend Georgia Hardstark and I, we just had this idea one day. I'm just texting with her today. Oh, well, yeah. no, you never quit bragging. Yep. Uh, we had an idea to put out all of her makeup and I would just do her, I would just do her makeup. Oh, you have a picture of that. And it was, it was so funny and fun and like I genuinely tried but she also put out everything so she had there's markers and shit mm-hmm. and there's brushes and there's there's certain things i've seen like the clamp you put on your eyelashes yeah. and my grandma had one of those i, I know what rouge is <laughs> rouge um, <laughs> rouge. <laughs> rouge right that's a thing that's what that's 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 my grandma used to say <laughs> some rouge just, right rouge just some rouge just your skin but it, <laughs> ended up being really, it was really fun and like she looked like a disaster of course she did oh my god did you do eyeliner or anything i think so i can't I do eyeliner on my eyes. Maybe it's I didn't do eyeliner. Yeah. I don't want to like poke her eye. Whereas but... you do eyeliner. You're I put well because I can't do eyeliner on my. I just oh. feel like because I have such a big face, like everything has to be so huge. So yeah. my wings like literally touch my wig yeah, line. It's, it's kind of a cross between sort of like a traditional drag queen that does like a you know the the normal shape, but mm-hmm. yet it has a Trixie Mattel who's a past guest mm-hmm. here I influence. Yeah. yeah, and and I I mean I think I read an interview doing research, which is weird doing research because we're friends and yeah. I know you, but still <laughs> doing research on you that you had mentioned that Trixie is even before you were in drag was kind of one of your favorite comedians. Yes, um, and so you see that influence of Trixie. Yes. In sure. meatball so much. Mm-hmm. Which is, and Are there, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Are there other comedic queens or non-comedic queens who have served as inspirational for you? Besides Sadie Pines, of course, please. S- Sadie yes. Pines always, yeah. top of the list, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think I love Bob the Drag Queen because of yeah. his approach to it, which yeah. is just like, it's comedy first, not a look. Mm-hmm. But I also, 
I was obsessed with Amy Sedaris and like sure. um, Stranger <laughs> Jerry, to Candy. Jerry Blank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Blank and like the fact that Meatball she... has kind of Jerry Blank makeup. That's so yeah, I mean, true. It's a little so kooky sometimes, but like I just love that energy of like being so wrong, but yeah. being fully committed to it. Yeah. So committed, yeah. so confident yeah. in your wrongness. Yeah, and just being bad oh, at I it. I love it. But I also, the... my favorite story is that like one Christmas she wanted a full body fat suit, Yeah, but her family was like, they couldn't afford it, so they just got her the bottom half and that <laughs> That's where Jerry Blank oh, came from. Incredible. Uh, yeah. It's because she just put it on and was like, you this have, is who I am. And Jerry your... Blank is also based on a fame, a, a person. Yeah. Oh this God. woman, Flory Fisher. Oh, you wow. will just, as soon as you're I'm done here, go Google. on YouTube. <laughs> there are v- amazing videos of Flory Fisher talking to high school students, and she's like an ex-con or something. Oh, and wow. that's where Amy got the idea for the show. Oh, my Don't God. you have in your act something like a fat suit, or there's something that you wear over, it's like a reveal. Oh, yeah, I reveal to this fat suit that I made, which yeah. is so <laughs> stupid. But when I made the fat suit, I was like, it looks great. But I was about to go on this trip to the UK, and I was like, I got to step it up. I'm about to be with all these Rue girls. Yeah. So I had a couple of my friends come over. And I was like, will you guys uh, stone this fat suit for me? <laughs> so now it's like this big sparkly fat suit that it's when you reveal so to funny. it, it's like really gross. It's so funny. And then it tears away to like my normal body. Yeah. So I'm still like, I'm th- I'm th- I look thin. Mm-hmm. And you don't shave, right? No, I absolutely don't. I was just, it's so annoying. And what, yeah. what, what, I mean, did you see that as... Like shave breaking body, the rule, yeah. Shave your body. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Breaking... I shaved my face. Yeah, <laughs> not a bearded. Yeah. I'm not one of those gross bearded yeah, no. queens. No, no, but no. I mean, it is. It is like. Uh, it no, is a different. lot of people do not like it um, because it's like it doesn't fit their fantasy yeah. of, uh, of like what woman. drag is, which yeah. is supposed to be like this hairless creature of Christ that's like beautiful yes. and nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I don't know if I shave. I feel like people would be grossed out by because I'm very hairy. Uh-huh. Would be grossed out by like the like the little bumps and yeah. the razor burn that my body gets. Yeah. So it's like, what it. do I want? No, not even near it. Like I get, even, like I shave, I shave my arms, and like even on my arms, I get little bumps and stuff. Like, but also what to me, it's nair? like why nair shave makes it, it worse. Well, that's oh, really? the, my question yeah. is, do you wow. do you know do you know that it's like punk or do you do like is I it, forget about it. You sometimes. forget about it, so it's I not. I completely <laughs> forget that I have body hair when I'm like dressed as a lady, and I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling the fantasy, and then someone will like put their hand on me. I'm like, ooh, I forgot, I'm sweaty. I don't pay attention to it, and then I'll like look at pictures, and I'll be like, "Woof, beast, what's wrong with her?" <laughs> but now I've gotten into this phase where, like, I'm I leave for the UK tomorrow, so like right now I'm like strapping on nude illusion panels yeah. Yeah. to everything to kind of hide the hair. Oh, what, what is a nude illusion? It's I get um, a high density stretch Besides mesh. Besides porn name. <laughs> I also love that like you get sick of things so quickly, yeah. like when the sex talk happens. It's yeah. my favorite. Um, Listener of the podcast. Oh, oh I do, I do. I listened to the Max Emerson episode today. Because <laughs> we just talked about him on my podcast. And yeah. I was like, yep, no, just as dumb as I thought. <laughs> so um, I get like a white mesh yeah. and I dye it to match my skin tone yeah. so that when it's. Yeah. So I can like oh. cover my body. Oh, Which is really oh. shitty that they body. don't. Because I mean, for me, Surprised. getting a nude yeah. fabric is. It's not hard to match my skin. I'm not I'm weird so in between colors. Yeah, so you, it's you, like a hard color. They don't make to match. enough. It's they, like with uh, makeup. How many they don't do they make? make like well, two. I mean, there's usually like you know for black people, for white people, right. yeah, for right. Asian people. For Asian like people, it's, yeah. it's like right. and it's universal, but skin tone isn't universal. Mm-hmm. And so that goes, there, Alan. There's Native Americans, <laughs> specific <laughs> Islanders. Yes, there's, just list them all off. Lots, and you know what? We support all of them. <laughs> all of them, and they all podcast. deserve nude illusion. That's yes, right. honey. Oh, I want nude illusion so bad because I can't show. Like I'm just my body. 
is ugly, but and you I can't corset really like, tight. And you I do. Add well, I do. So you get the right <laughs> shape, but then the problem with being like a fat person who does drag is like sometimes you want to like show. Yeah, you want to like, show your, your stomach or your, your arms stomach or, or your... something, which I often do. Like sometimes I don't care, and I'll just like mm-hmm. have my hairy belly out yeah. and just be in a bra panties. But that's um... <laughs> in dra- like uh, like as final product. Yes, <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, There's yeah. a picture of me. I did like a d- I redid a divine look, and I feel like that's the only reason pe- no one got mad was that they're like, well, he's doing divine, so. <laughs> So it's fine. But yeah, you want to like show off your body and you can't. So because you're corseted and you want to give that illusion. So you have to like wear I will say Meatball's body, like, and we've talked about this before. Mm Because like every time Meatball does a padded look, so like the hips are padded and stuff, it's the best padding. Mm. Your silhouette is perfect. Thank you. It took me a long time to figure that out. It is hard to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they don't make, I mean, it's just like me complaining about buying things, but they don't make pantyhose and stuff big (laughs) enough for like a fat person who wants to pull over like a yeah. pair of like six inch pads. Exactly. Wait, so do you do you buy titties? Do you buy the fake titties? I used to, but th- wait, those that was don't... the best question of all time. Elliot saying, <laughs> "Wait, do you buy titties?" <laughs> also, have you got a breast, boobs, excuse me, a breast really plate? Need. A breastplate. Yeah, like you can push. Them. No, Are you a breastplate? Girl? I'm not a breastplate queen. <laughs> uh, I are I, you? No, I mean I put I stuff like I'll put stuff for if it's a look that requires boobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but a lot of times I don't because. When you're in that corset and 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 all of the padding, so much yeah, of it smushes together around. that I get, and you can do a nice little like you know contour you there. In, you put a flower. Put a little flower yeah. in there for Brent, and boom. Say? Wait, so you're from Texas? Yes. Are you? Do you see your family? Are you close with them? Uh, we're like we're yeah we're close. Yeah. <laughs> well, you I had, like think about it. And I was like, I actually yeah. haven't seen them in a while, but it's yeah. not because like yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. trying. I'm seeing them next. Before month. we started leave? recording, oh, we talked about because I wasn't sure, and I meant to text you earlier, but like I re- I distinctly remember a moment where you posted a picture on Instagram mm-hmm. um, of your family. Yes. And people then started commenting because I think because of your online persona in general, I think that. They thought it was a joke. Yeah. And that you with like this white family, you're posting it as a joke, which yeah. I, yeah, Bennett. Honestly, now I'm like, give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but you're I was, out, you're out I mean, of drag. I knew pretty quickly that you're just adopted and yeah. you're from an adopted family. Like that's just, that's your story. And it was really gross how people, and, and to me at least, responded and i think you even like said in a story how pissed you were about well i was just like yeah that's my family i'm adopted you assholes like i remember (laughs) it and it was just like i am so used to being adopted and like i grew up in texas with an all-white family like my brother's adopted but he like actually looks like my parents Mm. because he's white like that just instant connection so growing up my parents could never be like yeah like there was no way they could lie to me about it because mm-hmm. I am black or half black. Are you the only person of color in the family? Yes. Okay. Um, and they're from like deep South Louisiana. So it was already a stretch that they adopted me because right after they adopted me, they like took me to visit my grandparents and my mm-hmm. grandfather, a lovely man who's now dead, was just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to have no inwards in my house. Yeah. Oh, so wow. it was like a very <sighs> strange start. Yeah. Um, so my parents were like, cool, so I guess we'll just leave. And <laughs> yeah. um, then they left the country. And so like three days after I was born, we moved to Egypt. And that was, they. my parents always say, they're like, it's so weird that everyone over there was more accepting of a white family with a black kid than they mm-hmm. were in America. That's interesting. And then after- What does your parents do? Just move to my Egypt? dad worked for a, a oil company called Amico that okay. was later bought by BP. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like quit before the oil spill. Don't <laughs> worry. 
Um, yeah, and so that was, yeah, that was like my childhood was just be like constantly being reminded that I didn't look like the people that were raising sure. me. And why did yeah. you leave, if you don't mind me asking, why did you leave your high school? Why did you hate it so much? Oh, because I pretty much came out when I was like 13. Mm. Mm-hmm. And my parents were, it took them a while to come around to it, but I, I was just talking to someone about this and I was like, so many people had such hard lives after they came out and I thought mine was so bad, but mm. now I hear other people's stories and I was like, yeah, I mean, at least I wasn't surfing couches when I was 13. Yeah. Like, the worst I got was my mom being like, I know some insects have sex with the same sex, but right. we're not bugs. And I was like, All okay. right, well, let me process that <laughs> yeah, one. You're like, I'm 13. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Did that, do you think, I mean, it's already hard coming out, especially from, you know, a, in a Southern family, mm-hmm. probably some conservative values in there, or at least upbringing. And then also to add on top of that, being the only person of color in that family, mm-hmm. very visibly, quote unquote, different or other than the rest of your family. How did did it make you how did it make you feel? Um, I think even when I came out and even through everything, my mom was like really good about making sure that I never felt othered. That's great. And she would do crazy things. She ended up um, pretty much just like volunteering for like everything at mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. so that she could be at school if I needed something. Oh, and so never I'm about to cry too. I, I never appreciated it. I was always such a fucking bitch about yeah. it. I'd be like, why are you always around? But it was like for those moments <laughs> when I was like getting stuck in a locker that yeah. I could like be like, I know she's somewhere in the fucking building. Yeah. Yeah. I will find her. Well, I hate you that well, you ever does fit that in a locker. With her. I yeah. never could fit in a locker. I was so thin, honey. Never I was, was on thin enough for a locker. <laughs> <laughs> I was like 13, and they were pumping me with like 100 milligrams of Adderall just to like keep wow. me seated. Wow. Really? Yeah. I oh, was. Wow. I have really bad ADHD, and like now I'm like okay at coping with it. But yeah. back then, I was just like getting up and leaving classrooms, being like, oh, I wow. forgot. Oh, I forgot wait, we're in school. Wait, but Interlochen, which is the school you went to, mm-hmm. uh, performing arts school in Michigan, is like very selective. Yes. So you must have. Like that's an that's a feat to get yeah, in there. Yeah, I well originally my brother was auditioning because he was in rehab. Is he my also parents. gay? No. Okay. He's just very good at singing. Now he's like a music teacher. Oh, nice. But he was like in rehab and he was auditioning for it, and I was like, oh, he's gonna get an out, and I was like, oh, this might be my out. So I auditioned, uh, and then I got in, mm, and wow. he didn't, did not. <laughs> so Wait, and how how has your family reacted to Meatball? Um, at first, my mom was like, I don't get what's going on. Like, they didn't get it. But now, yeah. oh, my God, she's so embarrassing. She, the other night, was, there's a drag queen in Houston named Blackberry. Yeah. And she went to Blackberry's show and walked around with her, my Facebook out and was like, my son is Meatball. Do you know who oh Meatball my, is? And like, oh my took my dad to this gay bar and that I was just is, like, what is going I'm on? I'm literally going to start weeping. I love this is the your sweetest mother. She's so supportive. And now she's just like, well, uh, your friend Nina went to the Emmys. Why aren't you going to the Emmys? <laughs> right. Nina West? Yeah. Wow. Moms are weird with drag. Because I don't think it's this weird. My mom posts pictures of Sadie on her Facebook saying, look at my daughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always am like, I just let it go, because what are you going to do? Yeah, you what are you going to do? At least she's being supported, and her community is like all Mormon. So right. like, oh, yeah. they're seeing who they know is a shot. man. 
Although right. I do think I could. Well, you're really barely think, a yeah. man. Yes, <laughs> yeah, true. Just kidding. True. Well, my mom still won't show it to people at church. Like she, oh. like she's a little weird where she's like, oh, I won't friend you on Facebook because I don't want my friends to see it because <laughs> they're like God. all super conservatives or whatever. Oh, wow. But yeah. like with family and like her close friends, they all know. What what part of Texas? They're in Houston, so it's okay. not like that. Like rural Houston yeah. or like suburbs? Uh, suburbs. It's called Katy. Why am oh, I, I saying know Katie. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> Wait. So one of the things that I love about meatball and your drag in general and your comedy in general is that it isn't necessarily pc do you think political correctness has a place in drag and has it like impacted your drag i think there's a i think there are some jokes that we shouldn't tell yes because we now know that we can't (laughs) or that we shouldn't exactly but i think I, we just had an issue on my podcast because we had uh, Sarah Andrews, famously mm-hmm. a trans icon, a great wig maker from queen. Chicago. Yeah, one eight hundred wig takeout. But yes. um, she uses the word. She says the tranny. Well, tranny she's, a, word. she's a trans woman. Yeah, she's a and, trans woman, yeah. and she says it a bunch. But there's like this thing where we're not. I wasn't supposed to say it, but then like we were using it jokingly because it's okay between us. Mm-hmm. And like we we had Danielle Perez on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we were talking, and I just referred to her legs as nubs, and like that I didn't oh realize God. was like so <laughs> offensive, but it was. But like she was joking about it with me, and I was like, in instances like that, I feel like I can call your legs nubs. Or Did what she say was that your first? Leg? She, well, no, she's but she, in, she's uh, in a wheelchair. She's, oh, yeah, she's in a wheelchair. I also <laughs> was Canadian. like, we were wondering she's what great. chair to, it was our live show, and I was like, we were wondering what chair to put out for you, and then I was like, oh, f- I forgot you brought your own. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like really <laughs> yeah. simple stuff like that, but like, to me, that's not offensive if that person right. thinks that it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so for me, true. as long as the audience <laughs> is in on the joke, but I never know who's in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah, that's it really the is a fine. Of everything it's, it's, I love I love when straight people make gay jokes with me. I, it's almost a weird way of feeling included in yeah. my book. But yeah. I also understand I, this is like the, our generation, I guess, which is you feel the need to feel offended on other people's behalf yeah. sometimes if yeah. it's really offensive. It's really kind of. I had a moment recently. It wasn't a joke, but it was a really. It was one of the first moments where I was like, oh, I'm living in PC culture and they don't know what to do. And I was at a screening for my movie, Latter-day Jew, and we were, uh, we were standing, Michael and I were standing in the corner and I was about, they were gonna introduce me and they said my name and everything and then they wanted to introduce Michael. Then they never asked about introducing Michael, but they wanted to introduce Michael and the woman presenting us was like, and then, you know, H. Allen's roommate, friend, oh, yeah, right, special, right. special person in his oh, life, oh, Michael. Gross. And both Michael and I are just like loving it. We're like, yes, Gross. keep going. Say the words. Oh, say the words. Wait, what person? What do you prefer to call? Are you boyfriend? He's my boyfriend. Okay. He's my boyfriend. But, you know? Okay. Do you say anything yeah. besides boyfriend? No, I. but lately I've been thinking about it and I was like, well, I understand why people don't want to say boyfriend get, yes, when they're I together for a long time. Yeah. But partner is so clinical. So, I mean, so and you clinical. also have a boyfriend named Michael. Yes. We have that in common. How long have you guys been together? Yes. Uh, over a year and a half now. Wow. And Michael does a great podcast called Pit Addiction. Day. It's no, over now, it's right? The pits. Or it's the pits. Oh. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it's they just day. watched every episode of of Brad Pitt. Yeah, or and I was on it. Brad it was Pitt great. Movie. It's a great oh. podcast. Yeah, it's really nice. fun. Yeah. Um. Did I, I'm curious. Did doing drag impede dating at all? Did it make it harder? Did it? 
Well, I yeah, kind of. Well, I I've heard that. I've heard that generalization. Yeah, I, ever, I mean, everyone says it. it's so hard, but like also, I don't know because like when I was traveling or when I do shows and stuff, there's so many people that just want to fuck me yeah. anyway. So yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. not but because I'm like? sexy or hot. <laughs> what's that like? uh, it's part of it's kind of like I know you only want to have sex with me because I am a drag queen yeah. that you like know and are a fan of, but like. That doesn't make me want to have sex with you, but if they're really hot, then I'll be like, yeah, why not? Who's a yeah, guy? right? <laughs> well, the, so the idea there is like they're attracted to you not just because of what you look like, but because of like what you can do. Yeah, that's kind of. But if I they want to fuck meatball, if they want to have sex with me in drag, that's oh. not going to happen because Oof. I will not do that. Yeah. That's different. That's also just gross. Yeah, there's like so much oh, so gross. And oh. also like, I mean, the clothes are good, but then when you take off the clothes and you see what builds the body, it's not pretty. Yeah. Do you get a do you get very sweaty? I am. I am. The sweatiest drag queen. How do you do? You feel? I I still am not used to the feeling of standing there in a full look and having four layers of tights on, but yet feeling somehow the sweat drip down the back of my leg. (laughs) And I'm wondering where is it dripping? Because it's so packed. Yeah, it's like a phantom drop. It it makes me so uncomfortable. Makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, I've just gotten. I know. I look carry good. Little fans. Yeah, it's like as long as you look good. Yeah. And I'll tell people my the least favorite thing about doing drag is when you're like, "Ooh, please don't hug me. I'm sweaty." And they're like, "Oh, I don't care." And then yeah. they hug you, and then they and go, like, "Ooh, oh, you are nice. sweaty." I, don't like that. I think I the best part about so being a drag funny. queen is probably the fan. Oh yeah, just always oh, having one. The fan is fan. especially the the large clappy ones. Are there any queens who have like indu- like not industrial sized fans, but like electric fans? Well, yeah, yeah we, we both do. we both do. You walk around, but and you there is this switch. queen in New York called Charlene, and she carries around like a Lasco. Like she's got one of those. God bless her. Wow. That's exactly what and I would do. She'll just plop it on the stage in front of her number and be like, "That's what we're doing." Good Michael, for her. Michael sometimes wants to put Elliot in drag, and I look at Elliot. I and would love no, to see that. I know immediately he's gonna I have be. No interest. He's gonna Start sweating because he'll 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 make himself so anxious yeah. that he'll be like I'm hot and it's on yeah. my face yeah, and I'm gonna burn it. to death and, and he's he's do you yeah. get anxiety sweats really bad? Um, that's my life. Do you sweat a ton when you're like flying? No, not when I'm flying. Just oh, like normal. That's when it hits. Life. Really, I, sweat I get, a lot I when just I like. Fly. Do you get anxious when you fly? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very. Really. What makes you we anxious should... flying? Just like everything's got to be at a certain time and you yeah. have to be there early and like I just want. to Oh, I thought you were worried about the plane flight. Oh, no. I yeah, take yeah, an yeah. edible and I'm just like. <laughs> I, say, I can't. I'm the opposite. I can't take anything. And I'm just. I've become a worse flyer. Even though I'm flying a lot oh. more, I'm, I've become a worse flyer because I, I've become so anxious. You think you have something to live for. That's the I problem. I like to fly. I just. I, <laughs> that's the problem. We can I, go at any minute. I like to fly. I, I like the act of it. I like. I like the like the sort of the how it all has to be like uniform and things yeah. have to go a certain way. But I hate when people applaud when the plane lands. Oh, I wanna, yeah. I want to gouge oh. their eyes yeah, out. Especially after a real bumpy land. Yes. Oh, I'll, I'll do you one, yes. too. Here's one. I fly Spirit a lot because Spirit is usually cheap on the way back to Michigan. Yeah, meatballs appalled. Uh, I don't think I'm I fit on Spirit. For a while they you were doing. I don't. It's tight. It's tight. For a while they were doing this. The the they were the safety demonstration was jokes. So yeah. they would like say Southwest. They would, like the like it's actually a Jerry Seinfeld joke, but they would say you know in case you haven't seen a seatbelt since you haven't been in a car since 1953, here's how you use a seatbelt, and every time it. Killed. It's killed. Like I'm looking at like you know these. Everyone on a plane is so they're so miserable and grimaced and and angry. And I'm looking at these like big burly men next to me, chuckling with laughter. It's like we already. 
you're going home. You've already heard it. Yeah, on the way right. Over. <laughs> Holy shit! Right, heard the jokes, and I, I, I easily for three, four years they did the same monologue. And I couldn't believe how hard it. There were applause breaks. <laughs> oh no! The, the oh, only time I've ever had a good experience flying was between election day, November sixteenth, and mm-hmm. the end, like December thirtieth, thirty first, December sixteenth, because I had a pin that said that said "fuck two thousand sixteen." Every single time a flight attendant, stewards, whatever, would see this pen, the gay one or the woman would yeah, come right. up to him and be like, that pen. Thank you. Do you want some wine? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would, like It was just like, they just like, we bonded. You have, know? You, have you flown in drag? No, I refuse you see Morgan to. doing, Morgan uh, Michaels she doing apparently drag does it the all plane? the time. She'll start yeah. painting on the plane, and that is my biggest fear. Can you imagine sitting oh, wow. next to that I don't person? like going, no, because Ugh. that's rude. Yeah. I don't like being like out in public in drag. Yeah, like, no. I don't like to see... I don't know. You don't like, want to see the 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 how the sausage is made. Yeah, it's you like you don't want to get up close. Drag is not meant to be seen up close. <laughs> yeah, I walked around a grocery store one time in drag, and I was like, "This is why I'll never do this again." Yeah, like, yeah it's I just like the yeah. stairs, the looks. It's so out of place, and it doesn't belong there. Yeah. It is it big really, for a grocery store. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll admit it was, that. I'll give you that. <laughs> One time I went to a, a fucking <laughs> Staples because they were like, oh, yeah, your music has to be on a USB. So I emailed my music to a Staples store and like walked in and bought a <laughs> USB. Amazing. And then That's I got to the club and they were like, can you email us the song? Actually, we don't have any USB uh, outlets. No. And I was yeah. like, the shit you just put me through? <laughs> I went to Staples. Oh, my God. You don't understand. Oh, nice. Meatball. You, so we both were Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. So much. Can people follow what you're doing in the world? Um, follow me on my Instagram at spiciest meatball. <laughs> Go to my YouTube channel, which is a just YouTube backslash uh, the meatball queen, and my uh, sloppy seconds. Sloppy seconds. I have a podcast called Sloppy yeah. Seconds on the Forever Dog Network. It's yeah. doing wonderfully great, and I love it. And we ha- will have you on individually. <laughs> and then go to my Twitter, Fat Drag Meatball. Where thank I you, Meatball. Make fun of thank you, Meatball. And another thing. So Adam Eli is a writer, um, an activist. He had a video earlier this a year. A great guy. Great guy. He had a video earlier this year that went viral of him being... Um, I don't know him, but I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah, being verbally assaulted on the subway in, in New York, and he posted the video, and it was uh, batshit terrifying. Mm. Um but he's really cool and really interesting, and he posted something I thought was and very- Jewish. Don't forget Jewish. <laughs> I remember. Yes, um, I, think, I think they know with the name Adam. Eli. Hey, don't don't generalize. <laughs> so true. he posted a picture on his Instagram of like I think it's him and another man, and it's like just their bodies, and it's not inherently meant to be. It's catnip for Elliot. No, it's not. It's not meant to be <laughs> pornographic. It's yeah. not. You know, it's it's supposed to be political. And he wrote. Um, he referenced that he had posted a, an earlier thing uh, with the hashtag every gay has an insta body. And he was talking about how mm-hmm. basically th- stuff that we've talked about here at nauseam about the idea of the yeah. sort of ideal Caucasian. Yeah, yeah, body, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fitness journey of gay Instagram. For sure. And so he he um, uh, said, I look I look back on the folks I've slept with and dated or been interested in. And they were all not they were not all white or cis. But all of them had the same thin, waifish body. Brent's hard. Uh, <laughs> I wrote, do have a semi right now. <laughs> he wrote, I realized I was and 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 might be part of the problem. So I, I cursed myself for perpetuating a cycle, a construct of an ideal that hurts me so much. Then I remembered my new favorite rule. And his rule is only talk to yourself the way you talk to a friend. 
And I'd never talk to a friend like that. I'd never shame a friend's desires, and it's not my fault. You're not Brent Sullivan. (laughs) (laughs) He said, it's not my fault that I've been told the same body is attractive over and over and over again. It's understandable that I sought it out. However, it became my responsibility to change the minute I had been called in and understood. So he basically, Adam tried to expand his palette. Appreciation, yeah, palette of, of attraction. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he... I mean, first of all, you know, good for him. That's great. Uh, this I, is going in a negative place. Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's not. It's not. Because I'll just say he talks about, like, yeah, date, like going, hooking up with a guy who is not his normal type. He said he had thicker thighs. He had shaved body hair. And he didn't look like an insta-gay. His body kind of looked like mine. And that, um, you know, he was said, I was relieved to be so viscerally and physically into him. And that made me made me feel like others would be into me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, we've talked about this a bunch where I think the way my brain works with attraction is very porn based, which is physical. Uh, I'm sorry, visual a- attraction. What what do I look look at? And that's what turns me on. Mm-hmm. And when people talk about sort of emotional intimacy <laughs> and like touch and like sensuality, I'm I'm like, huh? <laughs> I just it's it's sort of it's and that's my own problem. So well, that's for not me, what he's talking about though. He's I talking think so. No, he's talking. No. He's pretty specifically talking about uh, um, opening up his 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 distinct taste that is very sure. specific in thin wafish guys yeah. and trying to expand that. In a, as a sort of a, a, an act of protest and almost. find areas of sexual attraction within his own sort of you know whatever based mental based idea of attraction that he has right. and realizing that not so much in an emotional sort of sensory way but in a little physical way being realizing that he can receive sexual gratification not necessarily orgasm, sexual gratification from somebody that doesn't meet the standards in which he's built up over or they've built up over their lifetime. Yeah. And I, and, I mean, I appreciate what he was what he's yeah. doing. I, I I don't think I could necessarily do. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know what that yeah. what that looks like, per se. And I don't I don't you know, I'm not not to put words in your mouth, Brent, but I don't think, you know, clearly you have a specific type as well. Yeah. It'll be. But you also realize and we talked about this, I think, early on in the podcast that, you know, the the reason why you find whatever type you find attractive is based in societal sort of norms that you've subscribed to. You don't biologically find a certain type of person or aesthetic attractive. It is a learned thing. Attraction is very much a learned thing. There's a reason why the ideal body is something that all the magazines, the magazines are telling us that. That is not the ideal body. It's we're being told it's the ideal body, so we just culturally assume it's the ideal but body. But that's also not necessarily true because Brent isn't just into Brent isn't into necessarily like, you know, like I don't know. I'm 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 trying to think of like well, if it's porn based, it's you know, thinner, yeah, muscular for most part, sure. Um, you know, with a certain masculine sort of uh way that they carry themselves in a way, I guess. Like there's a there's a certain sort of there is. It's an ideal. I guess I'm that, thinking of like that you're the, taught the, to the, like, the, like, like you said, porn. I'm thinking of like the anorexic, like super skinny. Well, we joke with Brent about that, mm-hmm. but that is not actually Brent's necessarily. Type. I mean, Brent's yeah. type is way, more yeah, more universal than yeah. I think he gives himself, or we even sometimes mm. give him credit for. Sure. But I think what you're saying is porn-based ideal is thin, muscular, borderline masculine in he, how they yeah. hold themselves. And he even. It's, oh, I'm it's, sorry. It's interesting. I I guess I I ha, I do have a visceral reaction, 
and and he he touches upon this a visceral reaction to shaming someone's desires like i i i'm a we had this and shaming yourself for your desires sure that too. too i we had this debate very early on in the podcast mm-hmm. about particular racial preferences of which i have none by the way <laughs> just so you know um but i also i don't i have friends who've not dated people of color or they've only dated people of color or whatever and I, I just don't feel like it's my place to tell them that they're bad people or that they're racists or anything like sure. that. Sure, and, and, and certainly And that's not. obviously not what he's saying here. But I guess— But it is your place to, to acknowledge, and I think I think part of the conversation and part of the conversation I think that, that he's getting to with his post here is that we need to acknowledge that the reason why we think something is the way it is is not because we biologically are geared in that direction. That is not the case at all. In fact— <clears throat> You are able to receive sexual gratification from somebody who maybe doesn't fit your ideal, but mentally, because of your learned behaviors, you do mentally struggle with seeing that. And so because you struggle with seeing that, you can't comprehend that it could be even a possibility. And I think a lot of people have that. I think most people have that. And which is why I think a lot of people are so, they get so uh, angry when someone does challenge them on them only dating white people or saying that, oh, I'm not into black people or Asians or whatever their thing. Because when someone says, yeah, I don't think they should be called racist or anything, but when someone says, you say you're not into black people because you learned along the way that that wasn't the sexual type you're supposed to be attracted to. And so now you have a block in your brain that says this person's not attractive. It was not a biological thing. There is no biological sense or science that says you can't be attracted to a black person. Mm -hmm. It is something you learned. And if you acknowledge the cultural ignorance and stereotypes and racism that you have, that we all have growing up, that that influenced our sexual attraction, then I think we'll be at a better place to actually maybe open ourselves up to the idea of being attracted to different types of people. But on the same, I mean, I also think on the other hand, like while so much of it is learned, I do feel like there is a biological impulse. uh, In what way? I just like, I can feel certain impulses biologically for like seeing certain things and- Younger, uh, a fit? No, I mean like, like, uh, um. Like I tend to find people of color almost more attractive than yeah. than like my, than white people, and and I don't know. I hope that's not some sort of like weird tokenism or weird like backwards racism. But well, it might it it might be. Yeah. But you're not a bad person or wrong or even racist for having that. It's because your cultural experiences tell you. It's like it goes back to the during the. Um, Civil rights era, uh, Brown versus Board of Education psychologists during the actual investigation that they did where they put a black doll in front of a child and a white doll in front of a child. And the white kids always went for the white doll and the black kids also went for the white doll. And that is not because they biologically prefer white. It is because they have learned over time that what is pretty and what is what they want is white. And and. That's really the root of it. It's culture that teaches us these sure. biases that we have. And and it's okay to acknowledge it, to work on it like he's doing, yeah. and to then have a larger conversation and still date in the way you date and have sex in the way you have sex. Don't shame yourself. I really, It really hurt me when he said that he felt shame for what he had done because he's not a bad person for having the attractions that they have wherever those attractions have come from. We're not bad people. It's just... 
I think we become bad people when we vehemently get angry and refuse to even have the conversation or the understanding that the reason why we do some of the things that we do is because we were culturally taught to do them. Well, even the picture that he posted, the uh, the post is uh, a picture of, I think, his body and another body. And it's like, you know, hairy and, and, and you know, it's very like blunt. Beautiful. But you know what I mean? Sure. Like it's 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 blunt. It's real. It's not meant to be necessarily pornographic, but it, it is what it is. And he wrote, I lost 57 followers in 13 minutes from this post. He says, I think people literally don't know how to respond to certain bodies on Instagram. They aren't used to it, and it scares them. I, I believe think that's that. so real. I, I, I really appreciate what what Adam posted I do here too. because he's being self-reflective yeah. while also talking about something that he witnesses and is a part of. Yeah. Rather than making it a lesson about others, I appreciate and, Adam. You would do yourself a favor if yeah. you're a fan of this podcast to go follow he's Adam. A great, he is a he's great, a great follow. He's a great guy. He's a great writer. He's just great. Brent, are you following him right now? <laughs> he doesn't even follow uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would, would your, your aunt, aunt say? say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Even I follow Adam on Instagram. <laughs> my aunt, jo- my aunt Joanne would say, um, "I probably could use a hip pad or two. Me ask me both for some hip pads. <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? My aunt Anne would say, "I've tried to like meatball, but they just give me heartburn. I can't. I'm not gonna do it. Not this meatball. <laughs> He'll fill your heart with joy." Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. I am H. Allen Scott. Starbanks Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.